Hello on the Bakefoot listeners, we've got another episode coming up today with Nick Jackson of Keswick AC. I've got a little bit of a head cold for this uh, intro and fell running news, so do apologise. It's been a couple of months before you've had one of my rambling intros, so I thought I'd fill you in with what's been going on since meeting um, Matt Elkington. I then went down to beautiful Devon to support my friend uh, and the fantastic author Adaran Ann Thin on one of his running retreats. This one was a writing and running retreat so we were also joined by Richard Asquith, writer of, you didn't know, of Feet in the Clouds. There was a moment whilst we were on a run as a group where I asked Richard if he could remember the names of all the 42 peaks of the Bob Graham and he lifted them to me. I absolutely bloody loved it. So we're jogging along and Mr Feet in the Clouds is just naming them one by one from memory a few years later than uh, when when he first uh, would have been researching the Bob as, as heavily as he did. He's got a book coming up about ageing and running and I think sort of uh, fighting off the, uh, fighting off or accepting, I don't know. I uh, got got to witness what a great writer Richard is over the weekend. Amazing guy, uh, really, really lovely and it was a bit of a privilege to uh, get to do a few massages on that weekend and help out, so that was grand. I then have been less to the cinema, I'm afraid. You'll be gutted, there's not many movie reviews. I stupidly saw a film which was about cannibalism and I've taken a bit of a break from just seeing random movies. I've given myself a few weeks off because that one that one didn't fill me with such joy. Uh, yeah, so it might be what people are into, but I uh, wasn't sold. Um, I did very much enjoy the menu, if anyone is looking for something to watch that's probably coming out soon. That was amazing with Ralph Fiennes. So yeah, there's movie reviews, as I'm sure all of you are tuning in for. That then took us to the uh, Havisage Night Race, which was so much fun. And probably one of the best marshalling turns out, which says a lot about Havisage. There's a lot of outdoors people in this village. And I reckon, I think he said, the guy from outside said there was something like 42 marshals on the course on a dark, wet night, um, making sure that we, uh, yeah, we were all safe running up onto Stanage Edge uh, through a few bogs. There was like a river running down the uh, the, the first climb of the, uh, the, the major climb of the route. Uh, it was a pretty wet night, but amazing fun. Um, yeah, couldn't recommend that race more highly. Um, and outside the shop in uh, Haversage have also created something that's called the Outside Round, which I had a crack at uh, the week after. It um, It's great because it's a smaller round, so a lot of these ones in the, the lakes, I though I would need a long, a long time recovering from if I had a crack at many of these seven, eight, nine, <laughs> yeah, because I'll be running in seven hours, any of these nine, ten hour 
24 hour challenges um they're a serious undertaking aren't they this one is something that you could potentially do as a long training run which means i hope that a few of the top runners will be stepping out of sheffield maybe some might even be coming down this way on their holidays and having a crack at it because yours truly is currently holding the record time so get a load of that listeners i've got a got a record time hopefully the weather will uh, <laughs> prevent ever, anyone going any quicker than me before the new year and i can be the record holder for 2022 there you go the hope valley outside round in all seriousness I would love to see some fast people come and take that time away from me and uh, get a bit of excitement about a little round in, in the Peak District because it's, it's a stunner. It takes in Mantor, it takes in uh, Loose Hill, Wynn Hill and it takes you to some of the uh, some of the lesser trodden sides near Haversidge. Um, just, yeah. Come on, guys and girls. It'd be great to see what some of the local fast women can do on there. That then took me to my interview with Donny Clark. Great day I had with him. Uh, we, we didn't know each other. Uh, somebody had written into the podcast saying, would you interview Donny Clark? He's quite the guy. That's what I would say too from having spent the day with him. Um, it was that snowy weekend. We went for a great run, uh, which is part of his preparation for uh, Langdale. <laughs> yeah, definitely some steep stuff there. Um, and just had a great chat. He is uh, he's a really good guy. He's he's got lots to say. He's he's got. I just I just think he's got a great take on life. So I hope that came across in the episode. Um, and you all enjoyed that one. So on we go. We've now got Nicola Jackson. Uh, Nick, as she prefers to be called, from Keswick. A great, great runner and lovely person to talk to. I hope you enjoy the episode. This is a podcast, we talk about running, we talk about other things too. So please come and join us, we hope you enjoy this. This is On The Bake Foot. Ah, oh, nice to have you on, Nicola. Do you Thank like you. Nicola or Nick? Where, what do you tend to be? I'm Nick. <laughs> yeah, happy with that. We can carry yeah, on. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind Nicola, but um, yeah, Nick's, Nick's much preferred. <laughs> bit formal, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's a bit like Sunday, Sunday language. <laughs> Are you been at work today? Um, I finished nights this morning. Oh, so uh, I've been <laughs> asleep since uh, what time did I get to bed? Like half seven till half one, and then. Had some toast and went for a run. <laughs> nice. Anywhere nice on your run? Good one. Uh, just down to Lador. So like on the side of Water, it's like there's like a trail path that goes down to Lador, which is like a a really posh like spa and hotel. And it's one of like 
the flat runs you can do in Keswick. So yeah, I was just like diving with death on the ice. But um, yeah, I've not been down there actually since it's been icy, but it was all right. It's quite it a lot of bad. the... No, it wasn't too bad. Um, it's thawing a little bit, like the great thaw is about to occur, isn't it? Um, but the lake was frozen in part, so I was trying to throw stones <laughs> to break the ice and it wasn't, it just wasn't breaking. So um, <laughs> yeah, so that was all right. I take it no one was on the lake today. No, nobody was on the lake. Fair enough. So how many nights was that this week then? That's um so my shifts have changed actually. Yeah. Just um at the start of October. So instead of doing like we used to do like a run of say mornings or back shifts or night shifting, you'd never do more than four in a row. Yeah. And now it's changed to two mornings. So two, like seven till fives, uh-huh. two back shift, which could be two to 11 or five till 3 a.m. And then two night shifts, which are 9 p.m. till 7 a.m. So it's like a run of six now, wow. which I'm not going to lie. You get to the fifth night and you're just like, I'm done. <laughs> and is it like messing with you as well because of all the different sleep patterns as well? Um, it probably doesn't mess with me a great deal because I'm quite good at sleeping. <laughs> So like usually after a night shift, if I'm going on to another night shift, so on Thursday, was it Thursday? No, sorry. Yeah, Thursday. I got in, I was asleep in bed at like quarter past seven and I didn't wake up till half four. So that's pretty solid. <laughs> pretty, <laughs> I mean, I didn't see any daylight, but yeah, no, it's... um. It's it's not too... It's, it's better for, like, these patterns are better for time between. So, like... We used to only potentially get like 12 hours between shifts. So you'd finish at 4 a.m. and you were back in at 4 o'clock the next day, which when I live in Keswick and it's 40 minutes away, like it's it's um, it, t- it takes a long time. And obviously you've just not got that much time at home to like sleep and then get a run in. So it's 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 better for that. But yeah, six in a row is killer. <laughs> yeah, that sounds that sounds savage. I mean, for for listeners, we you, we're talking about shift patterns because you're a police officer police woman do you have a preference on which we say in that police uh i think i just say police officer but yeah it's probably i don't people don't really say policeman anymore no they don't um, do that police lady seems to be the thing police lady um (laughs) yeah yeah i don't i don't know it's just it's not it's not long changed so we're just we're just getting used to it but um yeah it's the last two are tough but um yeah just and I think, like, I'll do a little introduction in a minute, but I think it would probably be quite inspiring for people that you're managing to train as well and hard as you do around shift work because that can definitely be a real challenge for, you know, athletes who want to push themselves. But then it completely, yeah. completely messes, I imagine, with your, your patterns. and Yeah, it is. it is really difficult. Like, I don't really know how I'm going to feel like from one day to the next so like I have a rough idea like I know when my shifts are and I know when I've got more time between and I know like potentially when I'm going to do sessions and when I'm going to do long runs but I don't know for instance like if I'm going to be late leaving and that's going to impact like if I've got enough time to go for a run or like how I'm going to feel or if I'm going to pick something up like you can imagine we go to lots of different people and like yeah especially this time of year there's lots of things going around so 
um but yeah no it is it is it is hard but I think because I can sleep so well I think that I think that helps but um <laughs> yeah and all, and also actually like in winter apart from the shifts that I finish at like five o'clock I'm not actually running in the dark that often oh that's so, nice yeah so actually I'm only running in the dark after like the morning shifts that finish at five um and then potentially a night shift depending on what time I wake up so it's in that respect like that's like I've sometimes before I worked in the police like I found it really difficult to get out in the dark and do you always run that bit shorter don't you you're always like oh 40 minutes that'll do whereas (laughs) I think when you're in the daylight you're just like oh like I can can go up there and I can go around there and whatever have you so it's swings and roundabouts yeah it's not it's not easy (laughs) like I miss (laughs) I miss a lot of races as well like yeah I, I can't I can't take every Saturday off in the year like my sergeant would just be like what are you doing <laughs> do um so yeah so I just have to pick and choose races and um yeah it's 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 not ideal in that respect but um they are pretty good with allowing me certain days off if there's like a leave restriction on or like for Thailand and for um Spain like I got um a special leave and stuff for like half of it so yeah they're really supportive of that and that's great my shift there uh yeah will drop the team gb into every single <laughs> moment of every single shift when they somebody new walks in or something so you know, um, i like that one yeah embarrassing to say the least but um do, yeah. do you feel a lot of pressure on the bleep test i know that's part of the, uh... um well the bleep <laughs> test is surprisingly low it's only i think it's i think it's 5.4 for a police officer so it's um yeah, it's it's like I think I think when I did it in my training like two years ago, it was um I think I put it on my watch and it was like six or eight minutes of running, like it's really not very far. Um <laughs> Yeah, but I take it you yeah. went right to the right. No, to the no, they they made oh, the stop because it was during COVID, like and they needed to get people through. They they were like, Right, once you hit five point four, you just stop and I was like, Oh and then oh, yeah. looked at me and said to be like, Who are you? <laughs> why do you want to keep running um wrong with so, you yeah, so, yeah 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 no maybe they were just you know cutting it short so you didn't embarrass uh too many of your colleagues yeah, <laughs> yeah. well that's they said it was due to covid but you you never really know do you so. <laughs> going back to what you were saying about sometimes it's uh an issue you know if your shift overruns mm. do you find yourself and i don't want to call your professionalism into a question here but do you find yourself if you've got a particular say you had a criminal and you were like oh you're really making me miss 20 minutes of our run right now well normally like it's um it only really interferes with a run if it's like at the end of like a a morning shift so ones that finish like three or five whereas the other ones like I'm just missing out on sleep (laughs) So yeah, so probably like equally annoying, but um, it's to be fair, it's it's not very often it it happens, and when it does happen, you know, like it's it's for a reason, and um, yeah, it just the stuff needs to get done, um, yeah. and usually we like we club together as a team, so like if someone's gone to something really late in the shift and there's loads of stuff needs doing, then everyone helps, so it 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 divides that time by like five or six, which is really good. Um, so usually it's I think I've only ever been like over finishing time more than like two hours maybe like once or twice so it's it's not 
a regular occurrence. It's not it's not too bad. Uh, yeah. The shifts are long enough, at, like as they are, without having to stay <laughs> later. Like then the longest we do is um, like 10, 11 hours. So yeah, any later yeah. than that, and you're sort of falling asleep. <laughs> you're, glut- you're glutton for punishment if you're doing overtime with that kind of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I'm not a one for overtime. It's <laughs> hilarious that ironically they're called rest days in between shifts, and I end up running like 20 odd miles or whatever so it's uh yeah <laughs> my, my shift, yeah yeah my shift yeah. like to take the fun out of me and it's like oh how far have you been today how far have you been yesterday where are you going today so um <laughs> yes yeah, uh i think they've uh got a bit fed up of asking me how far i've been and what i've been doing but um they still do so <laughs> <laughs> they still care yeah <laughs> my friend phrased quite a nice question when i said how are you coming on so i'm because I mean, has it ever really come use come useful for you as a police officer, being a fell runner? So um, this was a question from my friend Neil, who was saying a mate of his once told a story about Nat White, who was a former British champ, getting her bag nicked on Kendall High Street and chasing after the guy, shouting, "You won't get away! I'm the British fell running champion." <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant! I think I think I've run after. I ran after one kid and yeah, got him. But that was that was quite early on. I was oh. just set off across the field. Um, but Did yeah, you start I think your watch. Did you start no, with... no, I didn't. Oh. I didn't start. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've only had like a, a handful of foot pursuits. It's much more efficient to just um, drive in the car and follow them. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're busting that one out in the foul champs next year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah no can't do that <laughs> I I will probably just have one more thing because I mean I got quite obsessed like most people uh, over the last few years with um, Line of Duty which I'm, I'm hoping you're mm. a fan uh, yes. and I actually did start to use it for running inspiration because I thought Ted Hastings had some amazing quotes so uh, I tried using now we're sucking diesel as like, uh, if I was really gunning it in a session, I'd be like, it'd be a bit of positive self-talk. So, <laughs> so on online of duty, is there a favourite for you? Is it are you Ted Hastings, are you Steve Arnett, or are you Kate Fleming? Which who gets your vote? <laughs> Probably Kate Fleming. Like just doing it for the women out there. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I, it's funny. Like I watched that before I joined the police, and I was like, oh my god, this looks amazing! Like it's incredible. <laughs> Obviously, it's a drama. Like whatever and then you get into the police and you're like ah it's not like that at all <laughs> but it's uh yeah it's it's really good to watch so um yeah yeah it's 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 funny like because they use um like phrases and abbreviations and Bill's like oh I know that one now I know that one I know that one oh, so it's like you have to sit correct. you have to have to sit there with like a I'm sure like normal folk who don't have anybody in the police or know anybody in the police have to sit there with like in a or Google every time they say like an abbreviation or a word that they don't get so um but yeah no it is it is a good program (laughs) yeah actually on that as well you've got that skill that I, I struggle on the telephone so when people are like you know trying to confirm letters and they get out the alpha bravo charlie delta oh yeah I've once used quiche for Q, so I don't think I, I don't think I get on very well. 
<laughs> I've had a few moments on the radio where I've definitely just made up the letter or the word for the letter. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's amazing how like you used to using it you get. Um, and I guess like you just pick it up from your colleagues as well. So, um, but yeah, that is very funny when you first try to do it and you're just like, um, and sometimes like, like I remember doing it once, like really early on. And I think it was an S and it, my, my memory just went and I just couldn't remember. So I just went S. <laughs> but it, it was, it was fine. Like the control room knew what I was on about, but um, yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely quite, quite entertaining when people just make up random words. I was going to say, it's be- is it better to just say the letter or is it better <laughs> to go for a random word? The I think when one. you go for a random word, it just, it gets some entertainment over the air. So it's, uh, <laughs> It's quite interesting, but um, yeah. <laughs> Last question on this, I guess, is did did you always want to be a police officer? Is that a, a dream you had as a as a child? Yeah. Or? So, like, um, I finished uni at eight, uh, not eighteen, at twenty one, mm-hmm. and then I sort of knew I wanted to be in the police, but knew I didn't want to do it straight away. And yeah. then um, I actually applied to Lancashire. Um, um, I was a bit younger, I think. I can't remember when it was now. But um, and then I sort of got a few more jobs and then realised that, like, fell running. I was, like, um, really passionate about that and then decided that ultimately to get better at fell running, I needed to be in the hills and not in London or Hull or Preston. Um, so moved up here and then thought, right, now's the time to do it because, like, um, when you're based in Cumbria and whatever. And... I think I'd I'd come from like a background where I'd had multiple jobs in like um, mainly the charity sector, but uh-huh. a lot of it like dealing with people and children and stuff. And I really liked that aspect of it. And I just thought, yeah, let's give it a shot. And the great thing with the police is that there's so many different departments. Like you can change your role, but and but still be within the police, um, yeah. which is which is fantastic, really. Um, so it just gives you that sort of like movement to move wherever you want to go um not at the moment but um yeah in a, in a few years time I reckon maybe um but yeah no it's uh, it's all it's always been there and I think I don't know whether that was because we lived like around the back of Lancashire Police Headquarters or I don't really know what sparked it or why I wanted to do it I just um I do have a memory of going to New York and meeting the NYPD police officers like in yeah. I can't remember what I was like maybe 10 or 11 um I know I've got a picture of them one like um giving me their hat and things and like sat on the motorbike I mean I don't know whether that was an aspect of it but like it's it's far removed from uh police is very different to oh, NYPD <laughs> but I'm not sure if that is that started off the uh the aspirations but um yeah no it's uh fulfilled either way <laughs> yeah so yeah my uh my 26 strong research team of uh you know highly paid on the bake foot uh people have come up with a little bit of background information on you which i'm gonna gonna read to you it's in a, any kind of order and no i no guessing where i got this from so i've got lancashire cross-country champ for 2022 is that mm-hmm. yeah five correct. Five GB vests. Um, you can list them out loud because it's it's helpful. I think four. So Italy in twenty seventeen. However, that was in Pramana. That was the world long distance mountain running. 
but I broke my wrist on the first descent. So oh, no. got yeah, got um that was it, race over, got airlifted by this Italian mountain rescue team, which was uh yeah, Traumatic. interesting. Yeah, no, well, it wasn't too bad. It was just pretty hairy conditions and this helicopter, the, like the door was wide open and yeah, you name it. But um yeah, so that didn't go well. And then um I qualified again for Poland, so that again was world long distance mountain running. And then I had a few injuries, 2019, um, 2020 COVID, and then a 2021 COVID. Yeah. And then, yeah, so this year, um, European champs in La Palma and the world champs in Thailand. So four, I think. Yeah. I think that's right. Yeah. And all sense. the long distance. That's yeah, your, yeah. So that's your bag. yeah, so it's yeah. So it was long distance in Italy and Poland, and then it's changed recently to like they've combined the trail running and the mountain running, and it's now classed as like the short course mm-hmm. um, at the World Champs and at the Europeans as well. And it's titled like off road running, I think it was actually. I think in I think in Europeans it was off road running, but in World Champs it was mm, trail running, short yeah. trail um so yeah yeah I'm much more at home at the longer stuff uh-huh. um but like I I feel like I'm I'm all right at the short stuff as well like I think I s- sort of surprise myself sometimes at the um English championship the short races and things but um yes still definitely got a bit of speed just um I think I just yeah I just prefer the longer stuff um but yeah the the race in La Palma was a bit too long that was like 29 miles I think I think I had enough by about 26, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, because you won the long-distance GB trial this year, didn't you? Was that Skiddle? Yeah, so that was it, Scarfell, Scarfell Trail Marathon. Mm-hmm. Um, and pretty much the route is, like, on our doorstep. Um, and it was the same trial last year as well, and I was second behind Elsie last year. Um, but last year I, like, tore my Achilles um it's sea toller so I had 10 miles to go um I didn't know at the time obviously it's like it had torn but um yeah I I'd had a sore Achilles going into it but um mm-hmm. and it was like manageable and I was doing the champs and it was fine and I actually set off and it was all right um and then coming down to Tarn, I um jumped over a beck and like landed like with my Foot on the on the side and yeah, so toes landed toes up. So yeah, toes up. And my Achilles was like, oh. And then I kept on running, and I was like, oh yeah, no. Nah. And then I got onto the flat bit at the bottom, um, near Stockley Bridge, and I just was like, oh yeah, this is gonna be this is gonna be a long ten miles back. Um, and I was I think I was only like wow. ninety seconds behind her at that checkpoint, and then it it ended up being like I think almost eight ten minutes at the finish um I had to walk at a surprise view and in my head I was like right if another lady comes past just stop because it's not worth it anyway I battled to the finish line and finished second and then Thailand never happened so I needn't have done that but never mind oh, that's brutal <laughs> it was like the, yeah it was like the Covid it was like postponed and then postponed again and then it was like yeah it's not happening until next year and British Athletics were like, yeah, you've got to re, everyone's got to requalify, which it's fair enough because it's like a different year and there's people coming through and everything. Um, but yeah, it's it's difficult when you've put all that training in and then put your Achilles into it, literally. 
yeah, literally the life and soul of my Achilles into that race. And then, um, yeah, the champs didn't go ahead. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think if you dwell on that too much, you just you just get dragged down into it. And actually, it gave me a period of rest. And yeah, I think when you always get injured, you realise like what you need to work on to strengthen it and stuff. So um, yeah, and touch wood, it's. I mean, it took it took a while to get back, but it's. Um, it's fine now. It doesn't give me any issues. So, yeah. So is that a million calf raises a day? Is that loading some weights onto them? What were you doing? <laughs> not, not quite a million. Um, <laughs> I sort of, this time last year, I was sort of coming back and um, I just sort of had to keep off um, the uphills, really. So oh. I didn't, I, yeah, I didn't actually start doing any sort of big hills till like March time. And then when the free peaks was in April, I was like, oh, I don't think I've done enough here. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I sort of kept it flat and did some cross countries and stuff. Like I could still feel it niggling, but, yeah, calf raises, um, calf raises with the kettlebell, like you name it, um, like hot water bottles, like CBD, baths, yeah. everything to try and um, to try and get it shifting. Um, and it's just like Achilles is one of those injuries that, that the blood supply is just so yeah. poor. So it's always going to take a long time and you just, I mean, I just had to be patient and like if, if I couldn't run up a hill, then I couldn't run up a hill. Like it, it just was one of those things. Um, but yeah, it's thankfully it's it's been all right since. So yeah. <laughs> so you're enjoying getting back out onto the hills now? And yeah, Thailand looked yeah. like it was pretty great, really worth the wait and worth all the pain. Yeah, yeah. Like it was <laughs> like it's such a relief um, after the trial race to sort of win and qualify and be like, right, yeah. Like, and for Bill as well to finish second and to both get on that plane after like the disappointment of the year before and it being postponed. Um, and yeah, it was just, it's just an incredible trip. Like, um, I think, yeah, previously, apart from La Palma, like we've gone out, the world long distance has been separate. So it's only been like a team of say 10 or 11. Um, whereas this time, like, we're all together, like, the trail runners and the marathon runners. So there's, like, 40 athletes out in Thailand and similar in La Palma. And, yeah, that makes that makes a huge difference because, like, you see the other races and you watch them on the live stream and whatever, or you go and watch them at the course if you've already raced. And it just gives you a sense of, like, team atmosphere as well. But, um, yeah, it was, like, the hardest race I've ever done in my life. It was, um, it was just hot. It was, it was steep. It was just, yeah relentless we had to carry a extreme amount of kit well not extreme but like more than you would if um yeah you're running in the UK in that sort of temperature but hey yeah. um but yeah no it was it was good I sort of went in with it thinking like top 20 top 20 would be good um and I think a bit disappointed with the second climb like a, a few a few girls came past me and then I got a, like some of them back on the descent but um yeah it was just like trying to stay hydrated but not overhydrate and trying to get enough gels in and then battling just feeling sick and yeah it was uh oh I'm watching out for snakes as well like it was, um, yeah yeah like I said we uh we had dinner like the night before the race and I said to Sharon I was like what like what do we do if we like get bitten by a snake like is there a process and um, I spoke to Kim Collington as the team manager for our sort of like the short trail team. And he was like, it wasn't really said at the technical meeting. So I don't know, just 
<laughs> see how that goes. And I was like, oh no. So we were all panicking about the snakes, but I didn't see a single one out there. So um, yeah, it was it was all good in the end. But yeah, it was um, it was it was it was a tough tough day out. Um, yeah, like worth the wait. Anti-venom has never really been one on the FRA kit list. No, no. Well, I mean, that wasn't even the kit list. Like like a jacket that weighed 230 grams or 220 grams was. Um, yeah. yeah, so, um, yeah, it was uh, it was tough. But, um, yeah, it was, it was good, like, to finish. I finished 18th and we yeah. were third team, which was – I mean, we, we initially were second team because – there was a bit of problem with um, a couple of people's numbers fell off, which had the chips on, so it didn't register. So initially, I was sixteenth, and we were second team. And I was like, "Oh, that's like so happy." Yeah. Um, yeah. And then like those people got re-added in, and yeah, America got in front of us on the team um, team standings. I think there was like two minutes between us, so um, like not not too far, but still like you thinking, "Oh, could I push there? Could I push there?" But yeah. <laughs> Third team and Bill and the men's team were third as well. So like to both to both get like bronze medals in the teams in like a world world event when I mean we don't have similar conditions to Thailand at all. I was gonna um, say actually that was a question from Bart. Yeah. Um what's the yeah. what's the heating bills been like in the acclimatization <laughs> period in your house? So, <laughs> yeah. So Bill is um like as you're always like a running coach. So yeah. um I basically took his advice and basically on easy runs, we layered up, which just was not pleasant at all. <laughs> but then like it got to like nearer to go to Thailand and we needed the layers. Like I remember doing my last time run up when Catherine Skidder and I was like, I need another layer. Like I'm already cold, <laughs> just over layering. And then we um, went to the leisure centre at Workington and that's got like a sauna in. So we do like, um like a spin on a bike or um a treadmill run and then um go into the sauna for like so I did like blocks of like 12 minutes yep. so like three by 12 was like the, the the most I got up to and then like having to go in the sorry that was in the steam room and then the sauna as well um but yeah like I think my second steam room experience just yeah ended in disaster we'd bill had done a session with laughter like pre like before it and i had just gone for a run and then we went into the steam room like at workington so like it's like half an hour away and i did like 10 minutes and then i think i did another 15 and then came out and i just had this almighty dizzy spell um had to sit on the floor outside started shaking I, I could not tell you what Bill said to me um he pulled some cold water on me <laughs> yeah just it just oh it was horrendous he had to walk me like along poolside and back into the showers in the main changing room sit me down and wow. um just sat on the floor and just yeah I came around eventually but I think I think that was good it was good to experience to not experience again yeah um yeah I think I think basically what has happened is I just because the run that we did in Winlatter, it was raining and I just hadn't drunk enough. And then we went into the steam room and although I had a bottle with me, I just, I'd already, was already dehydrated. So, um, and uh, like, thankfully out in Thailand, like I didn't, I didn't, um, in the race didn't 
don't think I got like I didn't get dizzy or anything like that. Like I felt sick at go. times, but I think that I think that was probably more the gels. But um, yeah, it was it was good preparation. Um, I mean, a lot of people like some people on the team didn't didn't do any heat prep and they were fine, and some people did, and like equally they were fine. But I think because we went out, we were there like a week before our race, so yeah. If you hadn't done anything, I think I still think you'd have been okay. Um, I mean, we didn't do a great deal, but. Um, I think actually, if I'm if I'm honest, what what really affected me is I picked up Billy's cold just before we went out. The, um, the Bradwell, and, the Bradwell cold. Yeah, no, no, the <laughs> the British relays cold. This is oh, the other cold. Had a couple, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I I picked up that like after he's had it, sort of like the back end, and that was I had it whilst we travelled out there. And then those first few runs I did out there, like I just, my chest was so tight and I couldn't breathe. And if if I analyse it now, I'm probably thinking if I was in England, I probably wouldn't have run on those days. Mm. Um, but because we were out there and we needed to look at the force and whatever have you. And um, yeah, it was definitely, I could feel it on my chest. And I, I don't think that helped going into it. But I mean, I felt I felt all right by race day, but probably not as potentially as fit as what I could have been if I hadn't have had the cold from bill but hey ho <laughs> we'll let him off <laughs> yeah yeah it's tricky isn't it things like that because you never know where it came from you never know yeah yeah I mean I mean I'm saying I might pick it up from him but like yeah. I come into contact with like all sorts of people at work and stuff so and you got the I plane mean, as well haven't you and you've got yeah and you've got the plane I mean we we're masked up and whatever but like not like people not everyone was masked up on the plane and stuff and we're going through God knows however many different airports and however many different planes. So, um, yeah, you never know. It's just one of those risks, isn't it? But, um, yeah, it's uh, one of those things that you just got to deal with and hopefully you, you, you can shift it back before the race, which I did. I just I think it was probably a little, there was probably a little bit um, hampered sort of like the, like the start of the build-up. But, mm, yeah. Um, yeah. I think, like... that, I think probably the warm weather helped with me like shifting it as well like had it had it been like it is now in England out there which obviously it's not going to be but um <laughs> yeah that I think that would have exasperated it but probably just the warm weather probably shifted it eventually yeah I look like you guys are like you're saying with having done the Europeans earlier in the year and then you get the worlds and it looks like you've got a bit of a, a squad there that are all quite tight and get on well as friends and did you stay on for a week was that you Billy were there Mm, yeah so we sort of decided um earlier in the year like if we got through to Thailand like why don't we make it like a bit of a holiday afterwards like um you're sort of already out there um so we did 10 days I think afterwards um and we went to Pai which is like further north of Chiang Mai like four Uh hours no not even that like three hours and a bit um and there was a few of us on the gb team that went up as well so um we did a lot of cycling we hired these um like old like trek mountain bikes um and literally just like every everybody else was on mopeds and whatever and then there was like eight of us on these uh the trek mountain bikes, just literally <laughs> cycling everywhere um i don't think they'd ever done so many miles but um yeah, I think I think I think we cycled like almost 200 miles across those those days that we were there. So, um, yeah, was not flat either. 
um but yeah no it was like it was good to it was good to do something get the body moving and just like recovery but I mean we did a couple of runs but um yeah it was just great to see everything and explore just like not on a moped and not using like cars and whatever but just under your own steam yeah yeah and it felt pretty safe doing that out there that was all yeah yeah like it was yeah I did have a few reservations about like uh yeah like safety and whatever have you but no it was um it was fine like um the dogs were their main thing really to watch out for um me and Bill were staying in this little like cottage place and it was like out of town so um frustratingly we only packed one head torch so and they it it, we didn't quite realize how dark it goes quite like Mm. it's like it was like UK in November so it was going dark at like half five six o'clock so um (laughs) <laughs> yes so not not quite uk in terms of like three o'clock four o'clock but like yeah. fairly early so yeah we just had to pedal rather quick when we came across some angry dogs so yeah it was just uh, a lot of a lot of shouting but um that was that was the main thing well apart from that no, it was it was fine yeah do you know where next year's races are where you know if uh, so there's no world champs next year it's it's run like every other year yeah um but because of covid it was this year yeah same year as europeans but then there's oh so sorry so so there's no europeans next year it's the world championships next year so the world championships um is in innsbruck and then the europeans is not yeah the europeans is not till 2024 and i don't know where that is (laughs) innsbruck not well i'm sure the running will be excellent but not quite as a glamorous trip as uh, yeah yeah so apparently it's quite technical the roots mm-hmm. which uh would be music to my ears if that's the case um are you sure I, I sensed a bit of sarcasm in your voice there, or... <laughs> no no yeah like, no, that is music to your ears. yeah no you definitely wanna... <laughs> more technical please um, i was thinking that seeing as you smashed langdale if you didn't like technical <laughs> stuff yeah <laughs> give me some rocks <laughs> but bill will joke he'll be like oh, but then when we go for a run over rocks and you're like, give me grass. And I'm like, yeah, but it's it's different when you're running at race pace to when you're just bimbling over it. So, um, but yeah, more technical, the better for me. Um, yeah, La, La Palma. La Palma wasn't technical really at all. Um, Thailand had a bit on the second descent, but it wasn't, it wasn't like Langdale, <laughs> obviously. Um, but yeah, no, more technical. Sounded better. disappointed there. just a little bit yeah so that is mountain running going pretty darn well to be honest it sounds like going back to my researchers um you do have a gb vest for something else as well is that correct um for age group triathlon (laughs) yeah yes i do um two or three I think two. Um, Chicago and which is the world champs. Don't ask me where I finished because I haven't got a clue. Um, and the European champs in Lisbon. I think that was the year after. Yeah. Um, wow. How long ago was this then? Um, pardon? When was this? Um, 2016, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, it was it wow. was it was before it was before I got into any GB teams um, or England teams for that matter. Um, 
and were you attracted just, then? Were you attracted well then? not really I just I just got a bike and then thought oh just it was always on my mind to maybe do one um and then yeah I got a bike and did um a triathlon that, that was like um a qualifying race for like the age group stuff and I have a good friend Lauren who is also a fellow runner she runs for Ambleside now and she was a really good triathlete um and she did the triathlon in Cheshire as well and we both qualified after that for Chicago um and I think Lisbon as well I think it was that the qualifying race was in a one um and yeah I went out to Chicago and she was there as well and then we went out together to Lisbon um with my mum as well so that was that was fun um triathlon teams or she just supporting (laughs) no just number one supporter um (laughs) but yeah no it was um it was good to do something I think once I'd got rid of my I had quite a heavy Claude Butler road bike which was so very heavy and I got a new Boardman bike um so that made a big difference I still had like clip on like drop bars and you name it but um yeah, just just dabbled in that really. It was sort of like after um, was it after uni? Um, uh-huh. Yeah, I think it was when I was down in London at the time, and I joined a triathlon club. So Thames Turbo, I lived in near Twickenham, and joined Thames Turbo Triathlon Club, and like got put on their like development squad. Um, I mean, like I'm, I'm like I wasn't like I grew up like doing swimming lessons and stuff, but like I didn't wasn't part of like a swimming club, and then all of a sudden joined this triathlon club that swims at Hampton Open Air Pool on a Thursday night and I remember rocking up and the coach was like all oh, right yeah you can go in the fast lane with the the fast lads and I was the only girl in there and I was like obviously like quite an outsider like I'm not from London whatever like I just moved down for a new job and yeah I just I didn't Where are have... you from originally Nicola? Uh, so in Preston originally um yeah. yeah and then yeah I went to uni in Hull so I was there for four years. Got a all job. The after places. Yeah, like all the flat places as well. Um, <laughs> not a hill inside in Hull or Preston for that matter. Um, yeah, so I did four years at Hull. Um, three years like doing a degree, and then I got a job as um, in the student um, like the sabbatical team. So I was in charge of sports for the like the student body um, for a year. So I did that for a year, and then. Uh, moved back home and actually worked as a um, catering assistant, but basically in the kitchens at my old high school um, while I waited on DBS clearance for a job in the Ministry of Defence um, down in London. And that took a while to come through and that took like 18 months to come through. Eventually went down to London. Um, I think I was only down there for like less than a year. I didn't. I didn't particularly enjoy it. Like it was the best thing about it was like the running side of things and the triathlon club and stuff and the access to like Richmond Park but the the job was depressing um so yeah so didn't last very long down there and then moved up to Loughborough and worked for Sustrans which is a cycling charity um so all about like encouraging children to cycle and scoop to school in Leicester which hands down is the best job I've ever had in the world like just teaching little ones how to ride bikes like I mean I was exhausted like (laughs) riding to Leicester and back from Loughborough and then 
trying to train as well. It was it was knackering, but um, yeah, hands down one of the best jobs I ever had. And then um, was there for like two years, I think, or just less than two years, and then moved up to Keswick and got a job for Cumbria Wildlife Trust. Um, and that was um on a nature reserve, like a lottery funded project on a nature reserve between um Mount Grisdale and Penrith, basically, just just a place called Berrier, just near there. Um and did that for it was about sixteen months in the end because of like it got the project got extended because of COVID. And then as that was coming to a close, I applied to the police and then that's where we are now. So yeah. So that's just a brief synopsis of yeah. my life since I was eighteen. Um, there's a lot of yeah. there's a strong sense of public service in there. The MOD catering in your school, police officer, <laughs> yeah, ride bikes. Yeah, I'm like I must add, the catering in the school was literally just to to fill time. And yeah. looking back now, I should have done something a bit more useful, like gone travelling. But hey ho, <laughs> training with the triathlon club, and then just thought I'd do a couple of triathlons. And yeah, did the one in. Did a few just like in like South Fulton places and um yeah, qualified for Chicago and then Lisbon. I think I was third in my age group in Lisbon, which was oh, wow. good. Um and but yeah, not I've done like Hell Valley and Triathlon like since then and maybe like the one in Keswick, but I haven't really done many since. I think after getting like I think since that period, my running's got a lot better, and um, I've sort of focused on that. Um, I mean, I still cross train now, um, and I probably like do, do some triathlons in the future. But for the time being, I think, I think, um, Let's stay yeah. With that at the moment, then, because I mean, you, my researcher again was saying six or seven English fell champs, second position overall for the season. It wants six, me. It um, it's six. six. So since 2016, I actually got the fell runner today, and there's a line in the fell runner at the end of the women's thing that says, um, "Nicholas finished second in every English championship since 2016." It's like didn't need reminding of that. Thanks, yeah. Nick Barber. But uh, yeah, no, it's. Uh, you go further yeah. and say always the bridesmaid, never the bride. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he could have, he could have thought that to be fair, couldn't he? <laughs> um, but yeah, since 2016, so uh, yeah, Bill and my dad are like consistency, consistency. Yeah. Too, so well, there's, yeah, two, like... there's two big questions there, isn't there? So what I like you saying off off the back of the triathlon. I mean, you said you improved a lot. So what would you say you put your improvement down to? What do you think that you've done from, I mean, you, you obviously were all right at running, I'm assuming, if you were good enough to get third in Lisbon with a GB age group triathlon uh, vest there. But where where do you see, what do you feel's changed? I mean, what's worked for you to get you to be, you know, smashing it um, coming second think... six times is pretty impressive. Yeah, because like 2016, I was down in London. Um, yeah. So I didn't I didn't actually do a great deal of hill work down there. And that's when I, I was also down there in 2017 when I first did Three Peaks as well and ran 326. So um, the setup down there at Ranelagh, so I ran for Ranelagh Harrys, which is based like in Richmond Park. And they had a 
coach Bill and Becky, who I still speak to now, and they, yeah, just an emphasis on like really good training. Um, I mean, there was like sometimes I'd run with the men or sometimes I'd run with the women. Um, so I think that really got my speed up. And I'd say I probably actually, in terms of flat speed, slower now than I was then. But may- maybe that's just me. I don't know. Um, but then I think since then, I think the big turning point has been living in Keswick. Like um, the best place I lived before Keswick for hills was probably Loughborough with Beacon Hill. And and you're talking like it's it's not very high. Like, I mean, Bill will probably know better than me, but I don't even think it's a thousand foot. Um so yeah, I think I think that's been the big turning point in terms of um hill the work. Keswick. But yeah, how long have you been in since twenty nineteen. So So that not... doesn't cater for you getting to second does well, it? Your no, initial no, your think... initial rise from triathlon. So you, yeah. said good, you said good training. Was that a couple of sessions a week? What were you, what were you going for? Were you just, no, just when it? I was in London, yeah, when yeah. I was in London, it was like Tuesday night with the club at Ranelagh, and that was like yeah. ooh, maybe like eight mile, nine, eight to ten mile, like of work, uh-huh. or like in a session, like warm up, worn down included. And then Thursday, yes. Monday, Wednesday, I just do my own thing. Thursday, I'd swim with the triathlon club, and then Friday, whatever. Saturday, there'd usually be like a cross-country race, a league race or whatever, or a road race. And then Sunday was either a long run or a long ride with the triathlon club. So... Yeah, and, then a, and a long run. And then a yeah, yeah. Um, sometimes I'd, like, do my own thing on the... Like, if I didn't go swimming, I'd maybe do, like, another session on the Thursday. Um, but, yeah, I just... I don't, I, I don't know if it was due to that or not. Like, I wasn't I wasn't down there for that long. Yeah. Um I, I like I do honestly think it's just probably just consistency. Um like I've had, I've had injured. well, I've had a few You're injuries. Injury, like I, yeah. Um, yeah, so I fractured my foot in literally just as I moved up to Keswick. Um and before that I had like an undiagnosed stress fracture that sort of was there but they couldn't pick it up. Uh, mm. but then they only picked it up when I got the other one. Um and then obviously I broke my wrist, but I mean yeah. I'm just really legs. <laughs> um and then I've had a few sort of like just I seem to get um injuries when I fall over. So like uh when it was COVID in twenty twenty, the first chance race, British chance race in Wales was like kamikaze with boulders in bogs and I remember going into this bog and there was a rock and I smacked my knee Ooh. on it and my knee just like yeah like cut it and then it had all of the bog inside and that got infected and then that was like turned into bursitis and I couldn't actually run on it for like if I'm honest probably like three months properly yeah. uh, I remember like I remember just being in tears to build that I couldn't even run around Fitz Park so um yeah that that was tough but um yeah I, I don't but really know what in falling over <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and over. <laughs> yeah people yeah. will be trying this out now next week so be <laughs> and then yeah to touch wood i didn't somehow some miracle i didn't i didn't fall over at langdale so um i didn't run hard enough or <laughs> i don't know i just got extra grippy shoes thanks oh, fingers crossed, um, yeah. fingers crossed <laughs> yeah. getting a bit of you're getting it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, like I started, um, 
I started filming him when I was, uh, how old was that? Uh, 12, I think, 12 or 14. Wow. Um, yeah. So I joined Preston Harry's when I was eight, and that was just like, um, did like everything, like cross country, track, javelin, you name it. Um, indoor athletics, like everything that you just immerse yourself in when you're younger. And then I moved into like the middle distance group and we trained like on a Tuesday, and Thursday and a Saturday morning. Um, and then sort of went on this fell run with my dad and some of the fell runners, like um, the older ones in Preston. And from there, really started doing the English Junior Championships. Um, and then just like progressed into the under 23s and the seniors and just, yeah, been doing it since really. Um I think I still I still did a bit of like did steeplechase at English schools and stuff and um still did cross country and things but just did the fells like as well um so yeah I, 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 I can't actually put um put those second places down to a great deal I think the difference um basically that 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 first second place in 2016 I'd just come out of the under 23s yeah. so um like the under twenty threes, you don't do any long races. Like they don't, they don't count. So yeah. as soon as you factor in a long race in the seniors, that obviously bumps up your points and whatever have you. So um, I think potentially just that, just adding in those long races. Um, but yeah, second ever since. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> we, we feel there might be a change in that. And hopefully it's the upward way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, too old. <laughs> I'm not sure that, but that's not too soon, I don't think. We've, um, <laughs> you've got you've got a good group, though, haven't you? I mean, like, it seems quite a, you know, I don't really see it very much in, in running, really. It's not like nasty rivalries, but I did notice that, like, it was after old Crown Round, like, you and Sharon were sort of sat there at the end having a good, having a good giggle. <laughs> And like you were talking about yeah. asking her for advice when out in Thailand, you seem like all the all the girls competing at the you know for the for the prizes up there are quite close actually. Not in just yeah, yeah, I would say so. Close, but also very competitive. I think Sharon's probably the most competitive out of us. Um, but yeah, I was a bit peed off at Old Crown Man, like living in Keswick, and I got lost. Uh, in the clag and then it just went from bad to worse um so yeah a little bit of a sore spot with that I was very unhappy for a few days afterwards but um yeah you live and learn and I should have probably reckoned it more than once but that's the other thing with work like I don't have a great deal of time to go and yeah. wrecky things yeah. in it it just sort of it quickly like you're like oh the race is next week and I've like I've only been around it once but um yeah that was that was totally my fault I just took the wrong line and like the, the clag was just like down and then it was up um so it was near little great carver little carver I just uh-huh. trended too high and had I have I should have been sensible and put my racing hat on and not so basically me and Sharon were at the top at Skidder and she was just in front of me, I think. And then I um, got a bit of a gap going down Boscale, uh, is it? Uh, Bakestall, sorry. Yes. And and then we climbed up the fence line and I was in front and I should have just slowed down and waited for her basically at the at the gate and then just trended across because she was with Ben Applenor. And Ben Applenor is very good at nav. 
So I should have just done that. But instead I was like, no, I know where I'm going. I'm, I'm fine. It's fine. And I just trended too high and then got stuck in a bog and then met up with a load that had come over Great Carver over like the Bob Graham route. And then we were going up to the next checkpoint and Kelly Roberts is partner Pete um, was like, oh, you're second lady. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what has happened here? Yeah. And she was like, I think you said you're like two minutes behind. And I was like, how about two minutes? I was like a minute in front. Um, So yeah, and then to make matters worse, we then went off that checkpoint the wrong direction. And because I'd have probably made it back, Mm -hmm. potentially, if I'd have not messed up. And there was like a group of um, six men with me and I led off the top and I should have just gone further left. So, but hey-ho, one to go back to and put the uh, clag at bay. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. So, yeah, I mean, like, that was... That was a very claggy day, wasn't it? I, I remember seeing your dad on Skiddor, actually. He was up there, wasn't he? Up in the mist. Yeah. <laughs> a lovely was. day, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was like, oh, I haven't seen a thing. And I was like, Dad, you've seen like 500 runners go last year. Tell me you haven't seen a thing. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> and yeah, oh, that's that's a tough one, isn't it? And it's like, like you say, putting your race hat back on. I mean, yeah. Had it blown off? Had you just had you just seen? No, like... I think I think like I chatted with Bill before it, and he was like, "If you're feeling good, like go off base door because like you know your descendants good." Yeah. And whereas what Bill forgot to tell me was that he changed his race plan and was just going to sit on Brennan until the last bit, and I was like, "Oh, could have told me that." Yeah. So, but that's that's not his fault. If that's definitely my fault, and. If it's yeah, any consolation, my my race plan was to sit on you and Sharon, and I got well and truly farted out the back of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, was that going up Lancaster? No, oh <laughs> no, I didn't last that long. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was it was the that that sort of road section before you crossed the river to Blencathra. Oh yeah, yeah well, was, yeah, that climb yeah, up Blencathra yeah. was like you guys. Like, I mean, my race was damned from there because we were. We went up that, I can't remember what the first checkpoint is called now, but we're going down that descent and it was just kamikaze, wasn't it? And yeah. I got to the bottom to the river and I put a bit of a gap in Sharon and I looked down and my shoelace was undone. Oh. And I had to stop and tie the shoelace and then I missed the pack. So yeah. that, like, there's nothing worse when you're on one of those tracks on your own. Yeah. So I was just like, I was, I was just behind like Sam from Keswick and a couple of other lads and I think had I have not had that shoelace problem, then I'd have been with them, and then they'd have, like, yeah, all the way around. But yeah, tie your shoelaces tighter, kids. Basically, there you go. That's there we got them. Got double, I think actually I did and a double double knot them, and then I took the laces into the laces. Yeah, but because of all that bracken on the first descent, the bracken had pulled the lace out of the uh, yeah, and then. Not a lot you so can do like, about that. That's like, ridiculous. How's, yeah. how's your lace come undone? And I was like, oh my gosh, like I tied it so tight. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those things, isn't it? That yeah, it's not going to happen again. But hey yeah. yeah, it's tough that one because, you know, Old Crown, I mean, you were still second at Old Crown. Then you won Langdale in style. You, you've got to be wondering a little bit like, what have I got to do to get this spell championship? Yeah, I think I think I look back now, like 
if I'd have won Old Crown Round and I was only a second behind Sarah McCormack at Low Bardell Skyline, if I'd have won that and won Langdale, like it would have been a bit closer between me and her. But um, when you win a champs race, you get like three more, three extra points yeah. than if you're second. So that makes a huge difference. You only need to win a couple of races and you've got that, you've got that gap. So um yeah, it's just it's just one of those things, unfortunately. Um, yeah, a bit a bit frustrating for sure. Like, but you you can't really think too much about it. Like, it is what it is. And yeah, credit to Hannah. Like, she's had a storm in year, and uh-huh. like I'm so chuffed for her. Like, she again, she's come through the junior champs like I have, and um, battling through the under twenty threes as well, and the seniors in the last few years. And she's just improved so much this year. And yeah. She's had like an unbelievable year. Um, and to get her first GB vest as well at Europeans and to see her like do so well there and stuff. And um, yeah, it's just absolutely incredible. So it'll be a, it'll be a good battle next year as well, hopefully. Yeah, brilliant. Definitely will. Um, yeah. Going back even further then. So you like, well, you kind of answered it for me, really. You, you, you started off with Preston. Mm-hmm. What point? You mentioned you were at Loughborough. Is that where you met Billy? Uh, in a roundabout way, yeah. So it was the Stretton Hills race, the short champs race in 2019, I think. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that would make sense, 2019. And um, I was living in Loughborough at the time and the race was in Shropshire and I needed a lift. I could get there, but I just needed a lift back to Loughborough. I think mm. it was on like a Sunday, so like they're always the worst, aren't they? Because like you can't stay anywhere and you need to get yeah. back. Cause you've got work on Monday or whatever have you. And um, I remember t- messaging. I think it was Harry Holmes being like, "Oh," or like I, th- I think I put something on Instagram or something. But anyway, Harry messaged me being like, "Oh, Billy, who runs for Matlock, he is going back to Loughborough. He's at uni. He's doing the race. He'll be able to give you a lift." And I was like, "Oh, right, great. Never heard of this guy in my life." Um, rocked up to Stratton and walked into the registration hall, got my number and then saw like Harry um, and Dan. I don't think I knew Dan at the time. Anyway, I, I walked over to Harry and he was with like a gaggle of like maybe like seven months. And I was like, so then who's taking me home? <laughs> <laughs> just just oh, wow. into their conversation. Just like, just, yeah. And uh, <laughs> Harry was like, oh, Billy is. And Billy just sort of looked at me as if to be like, who's shaking <laughs> anyway so so that was it I knew I knew who to look out for at the end and that Bill was taking me home and and yeah we set off on the race and men and women set off together and it was a short race like quite quite a tough course to be honest like um short sharp climbs but like a really good descent like down to the finish and then a short incline and the last descent and going up the first climb and we descended and um I was running and I was like oh that looks suspiciously like Billy. And anyway, I run up to him and he's like, sort of like, not quite groaning, but not having a great time. And I'm like, are you okay? And he's like, yeah, I'm fine. I was like, I was like, you, are you sure you're okay? He's like, yeah, I've just got a stitch. I was like, right, okay. Anyway, so I kept on going. And I think at this point I was like in the lead. And I was like, I, I'm not like running with him or anything. Like, I don't know who he is. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. carrying, on, carrying on to the finish. Anyway, um, that was my first English champs win, I think. Um, oh. Yeah, I think it was. He's yeah, like a so... lucky. <laughs> oh, maybe. 
so yeah, so I got to the finish and I was like so happy. And anyway, found him afterwards. And yeah, he took me home and we had a like, what is it from Shropshire to Loughborough? Probably like two and a half hours. Yeah. And found out that on the third day, done a nine minute plank, which uh, would explain the stitch or strain in the side of his torso, <laughs> whatever it is. But also that he'd consumed a hefty amount of porridge on the way to the race. So I was making fun of him saying that like it was because he'd eaten four kilograms of porridge on the morning of the race and not because he'd done a nine minute plank. But I think it's probably a combination of the two. Um, but yeah, we just literally tried about everything and anything for two and a half hours and Yes, uh, that was in the March, I think. Um, and then at the start of May, I moved up to Keswick. Um, and yeah, Bill realised he needed to move rather quickly to, uh, yeah, <laughs> to uh, ask me out. Otherwise, uh, that'd be the opportunity gone and I'd be in Keswick and he'd never see me ever again. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, no, that's, that's it. And then he... He was at uni in Loughborough, basically, and then um, COVID hit, so he came up here, and he's been here since. <laughs> and how many times has he pulled the old, oh, I've got a stitch when you've gone, like, dropping him <laughs> uh, on the uh, No, he hasn't actually pulled that one since, so, um, <laughs> yeah. I'm still adamant it was the four kilograms of porridge, but I don't know. Um, and I'm also adamant that the reason he won the champs is because he was living in Keswick, so... Uh, yeah access to the hills um so yeah but no he's a he's a good one <laughs> does it work well the <laughs> pair of you running together do you like do you do a lot um, of running together do you split it do you uh yeah so it's it varies really like it totally depends on my shifts really um I do prefer if I can to try and run in the morning um especially on my days off, but I mean, that varies as long as it's in the light, I'm not too bothered, but yeah, we do, we do some sessions together, like if we're doing a session, we'll like, we'll warm up together, and then obviously, Bill will go into the distance, and I'll just wave him off, but it's a good gauge, to be fair, like if I know I'm a certain way behind him, um, especially when we do things like one minute, um, I can sort of see him and whatever have you, so yeah, it it does vary week by week, um, I think we're doing our long run on Sunday together this week. So, yeah, it, it does it does vary. Um, we'll does do easy runs you? together. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he does. Um, sort of like, we'll tell me what sessions to do, but then I, I have a good gauge on, like, what I want to do that day and how I'm feeling, especially with work and things. So, um, yeah, like, for instance, sometimes he'll be like, oh, like you should do a session today and I'll be like oh no it's better if I do it tomorrow because I've got more time or whatever um but yeah so it's it's yeah it's it's probably not as strict as some of his athletes like it's yeah. it's quite um like open and um yeah we sort I sort of like discuss it with them um, is that, that that's to work around your shift patterns yeah to work around my shift pattern but also like like, like you like you know as the athlete like how tired you are don't you and if doing a session is going to be a good thing or detrimental or whatever have you so um yeah like it it, it varies but um I is mean I've got as a, sorry yeah I'm gonna say Go is his role as a coach to like hold you back are you quite like pushing yourself um, really hard all the time or is is he sometimes giving you a bit of a like 
Come on, you could do a bit more than that. <laughs> I feel like I hold him back. Um, I'm always like, <laughs> you don't need to go up there. That mountain's not moving. Like, yeah. you don't need to go up there for the third time this week. No, not that it does that. But, you don't need um, to do a nine-minute plank again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't, I don't think he... No, I'm all right with, like, motivation and, um, yeah, knowing what I need to do. Like, he doesn't... Maybe sometimes he would say that um, like I don't need to do certain things or whatever. But he's, yeah, he's, I think I'm, I think I'm. It's more me being like, you don't need to do that. <laughs> you don't need to go up there. But, um, I mean, a hard yeah, question, but uh, in terms of like motivation, what do you feel really like drives you as a runner? Because you know, you you obviously train pretty hard. You compete <laughs> at a really, really high level. I mean. You don't get a GB vest by accident, and you know, like, do you, do you, do you know where it comes from? Do you have an idea? Do you... um, I think I just love being outside. I'm not gonna lie. Like, like if like I've not been outside during the day, like, like when I'm on shift, I'm like a seven five. I'm like, I just need to get outside, and I, I'm not like when it was COVID. Like, I wasn't bothered that there was no races on. Like. I was quite like I really love doing sessions so like yeah. I will happily do a session I'd rather do a session than a run like and that's and that's the and I don't know whether that's because I've been doing it since a young age and the main thing that I did when I was a kid was and the social thing was sessions and the runs that you'd just do would just be on your own or your mum on the bike or whatever or with your dad but I think I I just love that feeling when you're bent over and you're just gasping for air and you're thinking yeah. yeah like this is tough but this is going to make this race easier and it's going to make this this event easier and like it's also that like you're doing something that potentially like nobody else is doing like you're pushing yourself that much harder but yeah I don't I don't struggle with getting out there and like me yeah I would say maybe potentially a little bit motivated by GB stuff but yeah, not not a great deal. Um, I think it's more just getting outside and like just going for a run. Just like you never feel bad when you get back from a run. Like, yeah, it, you always yeah. feel better. Or whether that's you go to the gym or you go on your bike ride, or you go for a swim. Like you're always going to feel better. And I, and I think it's that. And I think the the success that I've got out of it is just like yeah, like like you, you can't. You can't not enjoy it when you're just you're just out for a run. Um and I think yeah, it's just just love running. <laughs> Basically, essentially. And and it's also that headspace as well. Like I, people ask me and they're like, oh, what do you think about it on a run? And I'm like, sometimes I literally just don't think about anything. Like I'm just out for a run, you just clear your head, you come back and you're like, right, like yeah, sorted. Um and it's that that space as well, that like, issue your own space like as much as I like going for a run with Bill and other people like I also just like going for a run on my own like it's just you and outside and for however long that may be and or against the elements depending on where you are um and you just also see so much as well in such a short space of time relatively like you can do what a 12 13 mile run and and cover it in what like a couple of hours and you're back home and dry and got your feet up for the rest of the day as opposed to walking. I mean, my mum and dad won't like me saying that because they basically brought me up hill walking, but 
yeah, like, uh, I'm not sure I can cope. My hips start to hurt. Like, um, if I end up doing like a 14 mile walk, which they absolutely love. But um, I always yeah, get I think... far too hot as well. Like, you just start <laughs> heating up because you need yeah. to wear so much. Shedding the layers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think, but to, be, but to be honest, I think, I think that's probably where my love of outdoors has probably come from. That moment, like, putting me in the little carrier with my sister and just going on all sorts of hiking holidays like Scotland, the lakes, you name it. Like we'd been coming to Keswick basically since I was born every February half term. And I think that's why I love the lake so much in Keswick and just, just being outside. Um, I mean, and it's like, it's free. Like all you need is a pair of shoes and a bit of kit. Like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's so much fun. And yeah, the, the uphills make the downhills worth it. And the views as well, like, there's nothing better than doing a run and then going into work and thinking, right, I've been up skidder this morning. No one else has done that and whatever have you. But yeah, it's yeah, just one of those things, I think. Did you say the uphills make the downhills worth it? As in like the downhills, I'm trying to get my head around that. You, you like in, the uphills more than the downhills or the, the downhills no, make in, the uphills worth it? Yeah, as in the, da- yeah, probably yeah. got that wrong. Bill always makes <laughs> sense that I get sayings the wrong way round. But um, yeah, running uphill is worth it for the, yeah, the other way around, maybe. That's, I'd love it yeah, if it was the other way. I love, you were like this, this really like, oh God, another bloody downhill. I hate downhill. downhill yeah. running. <laughs> the worst. <laughs> <laughs> the worst. Um, but yeah, no, I think, I think, I think it's that. I think when you enjoy training and running so much and, um yeah it makes the racing equally as fun I would I would say I, I probably do less races now than I used to yeah. um and the races stress you out ever I mean I'd find it <laughs> I find it stressful <laughs> nowhere near the prizes in Belgium <laughs> um no I'm gonna say yeah you got maybe like a, yeah maybe like um like I was nervous for Italy, my first GB vest, and also Poland. I was way more relaxed in La Palma and Thailand. Um, domestic races, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly chilled out. Like, if you're getting that bent up and nervous about it, like, you've got to ask yourself why you're doing it, haven't you, really? Like, I do it to enjoy it and to have fun. And if I don't want to stand on that star line because I'm so nervous, then probably not, yeah probably becoming a bit all consuming so as long as as long as you have fun and you enjoy whilst you're doing it and yeah um and I think with filming as well like you can't compare one year to the next on one course like like conditions change and whatever have you I think that's such a good thing like a lot of filming just goes on position and yes time's a thing with like course records and whatnot but um it's basically just you against the course and the clouds and whatever else is thrown in your way I guess yeah I feel such bad news because I'm really enjoying our chat the blooming zoom's gonna <laughs> gonna go out again and I do I think like the only worry there is that means we've got about an hour and 20 so we probably won't want to go on for a lot longer but I don't want to end mm. that is it okay to go through the whole yeah setting up another zoom and then uh, let's do that Agreed. I still need to still need to ask some of the classic questions so yeah classic questions coming up (laughs) yeah I mean I've been at the front end for five minutes of the uh the ladies races (laughs) this year at the fell champs and it's been really good getting you on the podcast Nick um because it's women are slightly underrepresented in the fell running 
community is that fair to say maybe just in in numbers that you know showing up at the races yeah Um, I would say so in in terms of like numbers on an entry list or like a result or whatever there's always going to be more men um and I'm like genuinely I, I don't actually know why that is I would say probably more men think they are more capable of doing a fellow race and a lot of women would potentially shy away from them and do things like trail races or road races um especially when there's things like cut off times obviously they've got to be there for a reason but um if you're not going to meet those or you think you're not going to meet them then you're not going to enter you um yeah i would yeah i I mean i don't i don't know the full ins and outs but like it's it's great to have like strong fields when we do have strong fields and I think a couple of years ago when we were coming out of COVID and we were doing separate races, I would really like to see that return um, just because it puts more of a navigational element on the women. Like a lot of the times we are running with the men and we just follow them, whether that's to our own detriment or not. Um, But those, those chance races where we set off separately, it'd be great to, potentially set off like just whatever between on a medium race and a long race we did that at Ennerdale a few years ago and yes the men caught us up but by that point the gaps are there and and whatever have you but it just it just adds that element otherwise like you're just following and that's not the same for the leading men the leading men have got enough the leading women usually don't really have to unless it's ridiculously claggy um I know some people have said, oh, we should put the races back together or whatever have you, but it'd be it'd be good to see them back separated, like whether that's just like fifteen minutes, twenty minutes. It would make it a bit more exciting for the for the leading women as to it's not just a case of who's can get around the quickest, it's a case of who can get around the quickest and also nav at the same time. But um yeah, I think I think there's still a, a bit of a way to come in terms of like representation and especially just how people do prize giving and things like just just little things that the women the women the women's winner of a race is always second to the men's winner usually at prize giving and usually it's maybe the top five women get prizes but the top 10 men will get prizes i mean yes there's technically more men in the race but unless you give those women prizes then they're not we're not going to encourage more more people to race I remember doing, I won't name the race, but I did a race, a really well-known race um, one year and it was first like under whatever. Um, I won't say what it is because it'll make it very clear. And um, I was first woman under that certain age category. And there was obviously a first man under that age category, but there was only one prize. And that prize was obviously to the winner of that under whatever category and it's always going to be a man like yeah. it's it's yeah. never if it's never going to be a woman if you've got two people because like just physique wise like men are stronger um and I thought that was really poor um and if that's that's still happening I mean that was like four or five years ago but I mean if things like that are still happening then how do we encourage um youngsters especially and and females into it I mean it's the same when I was under 23 it's got a lot better now but like the English championship when I was under 23 there was a lot of races that just weren't even giving prizes out and I'm not I'm not saying it's about the prizes but no but um, the prizes the prizes are the recognition aren't they 
Oh, yeah, massively. And if you're giving prizes out to vet 40s, vet 50s, then you can give them out to under 23s that are the future of the sport. Like, um, And I think that it just bridges that gap between the, the junior championship. The senior championship is such a big jump. Yeah. And that under 23 category, like, I would not be finishing where I am now if it wasn't for that under 23 category. And I think uh-huh. there's so many juniors that have dropped through because... They've not done it. There's not been the support there, and I mean, it is it is loads better than what it was when I was in it. Um, and that's testament to the work that Sarah McCormack's done and Judith Jepson and people like that. So, um, yeah, it's it's good that it's happening. And and also a couple of years ago, like when we came out of COVID, to see that the English Championship on both the men's and women's side was being the top five were like. Like Jacob Adkin, Chris Richards, Bill, like me, Hannah Russell, Hannah Horsberg, all pretty young like athletes, um, and that that's really good to see because when I was under twenty three, there was I wouldn't describe Billy as pretty, like, but <laughs> well, you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> young age, isn't it? Yeah, um, I'd be very. But yeah, no, it was it was good to see like a like a generation of athletes coming through, and whether that was because of COVID and. European races were cancelled, um, and Scout as well. Like sh- she was there, so it's um, yeah, it's good to encourage those those under twenty threes through and and the women as well. Like um, there's a lot of women that just just won't do it, um, just just for the the cut off times as well. Like I, like I spoke about, but um, yeah, I think yeah, because it, it, yeah, it, it worked really well at Buckton. Like it was brilliant, but. That wasn't a hard one to nav, really, was it? That was just a straight up. No, no. And I think, yeah, it's the same at Bradwell. They did two separate races at Bradwell. Yeah. Um, But then the medium races that put us together and the long races that put us together, whereas in COVID, they've separated us by like five, ten minutes. And Mm. yeah, maybe the front men could argue that they're going to have to come past the women or vice versa. But there's got to be something there so that the women get like essentially a fair shot at FL race because yeah if we're just if we're just running within the men then it's it it's just a race as two is the fastest yes the club came down at old crown round and there was a few gaps but yeah that doesn't usually happen there usually isn't that big gaps I think old crown round there wasn't probably quite as in terms of the top end or I felt like I was I think I was um I definitely was higher up overall than I would be usually and at the same at Langdale um, yeah. So whether people just people on, I mean, I was, I think I was like twenty second at Langdale overall, which is usually bad. Do you feel this is more for champs races? Because I suppose the other side of it is you will, in your year, have some good battles with some mm. men races as well. I suppose if all fell races tried to do a, a men's and a women's, well, it doesn't happen in road races either, does it? Like, you know, yeah, yeah, I think. But maybe in yeah, the champs, I don't think, it's... yeah, I don't think all of them. I think maybe just the champs ones, where yeah, um, yeah, there's a, like potentially a lot at stake, isn't there? Uh, yeah, but then definitely. you could argue that the the men pull the women along, like, mm-hmm. like I essentially was running out at Langdale on my own if I, it had been a women's race only and the men essentially uh-huh. pulled me along. Um, yeah. But the, but then the same happened at Ennerdale. I mean, Bill and Brennan and Dan came past me at, um, towards like Great Gable, I think it is, or Green yeah. Gable. Um, and then all the men sort of pulled me through. So, yeah, it, I don't know. It's it's a tricky one and you're never going to please everyone. No. Um, 
but it was be. definitely inspiring as well and it was great to watch at Buckden mm. it was really cool having you know you all went hair enough up that hill and and it's it is it's really good watching and then watching you all come back down and I think if there were like spectators with it being separate you just saw a lot more of the women coming down the hill and that was mm. I think that would have been inspiring to, you know, you had five minutes of just watching women throw themselves down this, mm. this hill. And it was mm. kind of like, well, yeah, it's a, it's a tough sport, but that doesn't mean it should be totally male dominated. Yeah. And I think that's probably where the recognition comes from. If the, if the men see the women racing like that, like obviously usually we're just within the men. And yeah, it's, and there's always that like, oh, the winner of the race. It's like, actually, no, they were the winner of the men's race. Yeah. And whoever won the women was the winner of the women's race. Yes, they won the race overall. But like, if we think about it, like, it's very rare that a woman's going to beat all of the men. I mean, it happens in like non-championship races and things. But um, yeah, it's just the language we use and sort of, yeah. I think I think it just definitely it raises some it raises some interesting points on how it can you can aim to do it moving forward and I think like I say I think Buckton was a really good example of how well it can work and it's in, really mm-hmm. interesting hearing like from you you, you want to have a bit more of a bite at that nav um, <laughs> I'm like oh great <laughs> like I'll stay I'll stay behind people but I, I get what you're saying because you know that's where fell running also leaves running in the sense it has skill involved doesn't it and there's so much more that can mm. happen and and you know you're kind of saying that women are being denied that opportunity to show mm. that skill mm. at, at the top level in the championship and I think that's a really mm. valid argument it's like it's like I was listening to Matt like he he had um at Langdale he had like lines to take and yeah he it was obviously at the front and Yes, I was leading the women, but I had a group of men around me. Yes, I knew I knew which lines I needed to take and whatever have you, but he was he was nabbing like proper nabbing. Yeah. Um not that I'm saying that I wanted to nab when it was when it was there, but um yeah, like it's it's just one of those things that it would be be interesting to add that element in when it like at Ennerdale a couple of years ago, like we set off um I think it was like twenty minutes before the men. It was a clear sunny day, but and if the clad been down, it'd have been a different story. Yeah. Um, and it just, I don't know, there's an element of, would it make it fairer? Yeah, okay, it's fair now because we're all with the men and you're all on the same page. But in terms of the men's and the women's, it's it's not it's not the same because they're nabbing and te- technically we're not. Um, mm-hmm. I guess I guess the front men would say, oh, we just follow whoever. But yeah. someone's got to do it, haven't they? <laughs> the last thing from our researcher was that you also make a great butternut squash quesadilla (laughs) and this might give away my researcher to everyone i think i know who this is now you you make a great carbonara as well oh blessing (laughs) so we'll come on to the uh if we manage in the future as well as you know the women's and the men's races if we then manage to get people to get walkout music so if uh, <laughs> if, if the curtains <laughs> come back and wow. walks out have you uh have you decided on a, have you got a song in mind that you'd uh that you'd have oh you're putting me under pressure now um just go with favorites <laughs> it could be totally like it might not work in that context <laughs> That might mean it works even better, in my opinion. 
I like anything by like a uh, jungle. They're pretty good. Um, their good time song is good. Yeah, that's probably quite apt, really, because like, um, so it's called Good Times by Jungle, and yeah, like essentially you're going out for a good time, aren't you? Yeah, and you just come back from a jungle um, in Thailand as well. So you... <laughs> yeah, yeah, true, true. Nicely done. Um, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure walkout music would really fit with Felt Running, but um, yeah, they had it. They had a lot of music playing at La Palma in Thailand, which definitely gets you pumped up, like that's for sure. But And I can imagine like on some of the European scene and like Golden Trails, they, they love that yeah. hype. Yeah. I'm not into that hype. <laughs> I no, I don't. I, don't, I, I just want to pin a number on and go for a run. <laughs> yeah, I, I genuinely don't think we'll be bringing it in, but we, we like playing yeah. the idea of it. Um <laughs> If you were going to the fantasy fell running restaurant and you could have tea with one fell running legend, uh, who would that be and what would you have for your tea? Um, or dinner? <laughs> who would that be? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, it's brilliant. Matt, Matt had like, I think Matt was just like working this out all week, knowing you were going on the podcast on the Sunday. He was like, I should have worked this one out. Bell running legend. I probably have to say Vic Wilkinson just because she is incredible, like absolutely incredible lady. Um, I'd probably say Finley Wild as well. Like he's yeah. pretty, he's pretty just down to earth and just so chilled. Um, but Victoria Wilkinson. Yeah, she's just like I've always looked up to her, and um, just that stonking run she did around the three peaks and things. And yeah, she she was on the team when I was in Italy, and just sort of, and the same in Poland, and um, just looked up to her so much. And then to be on the same team it was a bit, definitely a bit surreal. Um, I'd have to say Sharon as well. Like, I have so much respect for Sharon. Like. To have three kids and to be running at the level that she is running at is just, I just don't know how she does it. Like, she's just phenomenal. Um, I'm not sure what we'd have for two. Maybe she'll come um, on the podcast and tell us. You never know. Yeah, maybe. Um, <laughs> what you'd what have for two, yeah. I love I love homemade pizza, actually. That's that's my favourite post-race tea Yeah, is homemade pizza. When you say homemade um, pizza, like like the whole, like, old school English people making homemade pizza and it's like sort of like doorstop thick or is this like are you talking about like a proper did you not maybe it was just my upbringing but when I made pizza at school it was like like really fat (laughs) with just really like not crust yeah and like melted cheddar not like good gooey cheese on it oh no so (laughs) I make our own bread um yeah, it's like a you know, like when lockdown was a thing, and yeah. everyone was like baking like mega load, and I just like baking my own naan breads and things. Oh, wow. anyway, so, so yeah, yeah homemade, very nice, proper pizza. Yeah, but to be fair, my mum was a food technology teacher, like that's what she did, so maybe that's where I get it from, but maybe not because, yeah, some of the food tech things that she taught was madness um but yeah i do i do pizza like um with veggies so vegetarian pizza um and i don't know what we'd have for dessert probably probably i do like to make a good uh chocolate fudge cake so 
maybe one of them this is a definite refuel isn't it it's like oh yeah yeah <laughs> love a mary berry special chocolate fudge cake oh right is, uh, yeah mazabeza as we call her <laughs> now I know, now I know where the uh, running motivation's coming from for that chocolate cake at the end yeah. of the day, isn't it? You can't not eat cake though, can you? <laughs> yeah. Not right, is it? I was going to say you can't not eat anything. So yeah, yeah, got to get those carbs in, haven't you? So yeah. it's been an absolute pleasure having you on on the bake foot. Um, yeah. Okay, well now for your fell running news. Uh, there's plenty going up on up in the Lake District at the minute with the uh, winter conditions providing some winter Bob Grahams. And actually, first one I'd mention would be a winter frog Graham completion uh, that was completed recently by a Natalie Hawk rig. I think that is the first winter frog graham um, <laughs> which is pretty amazing as it is bonkers to be uh, swimming around in that i'm sure she was wearing a wetsuit um, possibly a woolly hat to keep her head warm but that is an incredible effort and yeah i'm sure that will inspire a few to have a crack at that um, seem holding a pint outside the moot hall um, after completion in a very respectable 15 hours and 46 minutes so pretty fantastic then there have been a couple of winter bob grahams on the same day um, you had running in a clockwise direction um, these were both solo and unsupported. The only bit where they weren't solo is where they bumped into each other on New Barrow and stopped for a selfie, which I think that's I think that's fair enough. Uh, so that was Paul Wilson in 22 hours and 54 minutes, and that was James Gibson. He was running the anti-clockwise route, which I think might now be the winter record. I'm not an oracle on these sort of things. So if I've got that incorrect, I do apologise. With 21 hours and 12 minutes. Um, and that was sometimes reaching temperatures of minus 10. So, lovely way to spend 21 hours in the outdoors. Um, the guys in little reports I found on the internet sound like they absolutely loved it and had an amazing time. Um, there's a picture of a fatigued, if that's fair to say, looking Paul Wilson enjoying a pint afterwards. Um, some pretty incredible efforts there that I thought might be worth a mention. Also, in terms of rounds in the lakes, this 23 before tea uh, seems to be picking up a bit of interest with a young chap named Josh Wade taking the current record in around just under eight hours, which I think that was an Ambleside chap who put in a pretty sterling effort around eight hours and 20 but I think Josh is now the current holder um, but it's not all about the record and if you don't fancy doing it in one day apparently the two days two slices of cake round is um, starting at Elterwater Hostel and yeah taking yourself round the route in two days and yeah, you get an extra bit of cake uh, so Nick Jackson would be on board with that 
that's the rounds that have been going on. Um, some fantastic Christmas hats spotted at the Stoop Fell Race. And then I guess the last thing to mention really is just the sad news about Darren Kay um, in Madeira. The GoFundMe is gofundme.com um, slash F slash help to fund the search efforts for Darren Kay. Um, unfortunately, Darren didn't return home from a run with his partner Victoria whilst on holiday in Madeira. Um, and the search is ongoing. The fundraiser is to help his family to support the search and we just hope that if any fundraising can help them uh, through this tough time and to find Darren, then that would be great. Um, so you can give to that, and I will stick a um, I will stick a link at the bottom of the episode. Uh, so that's all for Fell Running News today. Um, we really wish all the best to the K family, um, and. Well done to you people getting out there and doing some great runs. It's been a fantastic year uh, and we will get a little, hopefully if we can get it together, there'll be a little New Year's episode or two coming your way, depending on how the editing process goes for that. And then we will start a new season with the new 2023 fell season next season. So season's greetings for the coming to the end of the season uh, we've loved I've loved talking to you about running and other things too whoever you are wherever you are all the best and a Merry Christmas that was the podcast we talked about running we talked about other things too Thank you for joining, we hope you enjoyed it. That was on the bait foot.